Welcome to Burn After Noticing, the number 155 podcast in Japan in film and television. If you didn't know that, you know it now. I'm one of the hosts of this year program, Josh, and That's we you. have a, my other host, Paul. That's me. That is you. You were kind of cracking up right there. I feel like I didn't even hear you. Oh, no, that's me. I'm Paul. Oh, did that's I, what you were better? saying. Was that better? That does sound better. It sounded weird to me. Okay. So should I speak louder? That's me. I am Paul. Hi. <laughs> I, I, I do like it when you yell. You do, you do peak the audio like levels more yell. often than anyone who appears on this show. <laughs> I love to peak the audio on my own podcast. We Perfect. love to peak. We love Perfect. we love podcasts as well, and we have a a podcaster as one of our guests. We're very excited to have them on the program. You might have heard them. It's one of the hosts of Blocked Party, as well as one of the hosts of POD Cast. It's John Cullen. John, hello. Hey, hey, Josh. Hey, Paul. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. I think. Do you really want to thank <laughs> us right now? It sounds like Pardon? you're not super thankful for being had at this no. point. Well. I wanted to tell I wanted to tell a story off the top of the program, if I may. Please, please do. Um, yeah. So you so you guys asked me to be on this podcast, which is very nice. Um, I think I believe it came about because on the last block party episode, I made an offhand joke about how no one ever asks me to be on podcasts. That is exactly how it happened, John. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that was that was um, you know that was just like a joke I was doing, but then you guys took me up on it, which is great. I love to guest on podcasts. It was totally fine. And then um, you're like, yeah, we have a podcast about Burn Notice, a show that I've never heard of. And so then I was like, okay, sure, I'll watch an episode of Burn Notice. And then I was like, how do I watch this show? And then you're like, oh, it's on Amazon Prime. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I didn't think about it for a week. And then last night when I had to watch the episode of the show, I realized that it is on Amazon Prime in America uh, and it is not available on any streaming services in Canada. So, oh, no. so I had to pay $3.50 to watch oh, no. this oh, episode no. by renting it off of the iTunes store. And it might be the worst 42 minutes of television I've ever seen. So I don't know if I, <laughs> oh, no. so I don't know if I should be thanking you for having me on or sending you a bill. <laughs> you can go ahead and uh, invoice Buzzcast. Uh, <laughs> yes. Just make all, all uh, everything, just invoice Bugmain directly. Uh, they'll okay, take care perfect. of it. <laughs> It's going to come directly from the Buzzcast Podcast Factory. <laughs> uh, proud to be part of the Buzzcast Network for them to take care of all matters, legal and otherwise. Wow, and, and that's why you and folks, that's why you join a podcasting cult. Yeah, it's a good and it's a smart move on your guys' behalf. We uh, we've yet to join a Absolutely. podcasting cult, and maybe we should. You know, we're working on it. Uh, I was uh, brought into this cult by Josh. Uh, I was welcomed in just like a like a good member. Um, and, you know, I'm still getting acclimated, but we're learning. And it's it seems great. And it was also your idea for this podcast, too. So you've kind well, podcast, of... podcast, yeah. <laughs> you, you're, it's, I'm sort of... John, I'm sort of you of this podcast. I kind of got roped into this, but much more of a commitment, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I, I asked him to commit to doing seven seasons. Yeah, so we were talking about this before the show, and you don't have to go crazy on me um, with... You know, I'm sure you talk about this a lot, but... Um, so I know that this show aired on the USA network, which we don't really, we don't really get in Canada. So like we'll, we'll get some of the bigger, uh, USA shows. Like I I've talked about on my Twitter before about how I've seen every episode of suits. And, and the, the reason actually is that suits is on Netflix Canada before it's on like any other streaming service because it's shot almost entirely in Toronto. So there's this like weird Canadian, uh media mm. thing where it's like well hey they shoot it in toronto so netflix gets the rights to it easily or i don't know so i've seen every episode of suits but like burn notice i don't 
I don't, I like, I've probably heard the name of the show, but like, I definitely, I didn't know anything about it at all. Um, what was the impetus for you guys wanting to watch this show specifically? Like, were one of you or both of you a fan of it, like for real or like what? <laughs> so, well, it's perfect because uh, Please one explain, of the first questions yeah. we like to ask our guests is like, what's your prior experience with the show? So perfect to get into that. But yeah, um, if you want the real story, I was just really high in coming up with podcast ideas and, uh, uh, I was looking at ideas for like TV watch through podcasts and I, I had never seen burn notice and it just seemed like a goofy show that was ripe to be talked about. Um, Josh had wanted to uh, get involved in doing more podcasts. So I just reached out to him. I was like, Hey man, have you ever seen burn notice? And that's the story. The rest is history. That's crazy. Cause I like one of my favorite podcasts is called go Bayside and it's um, it's a saved by the bell rewatch podcast with April Richardson. Oh, cool. And like those ones make sense to me. Cause it's like, Oh, that's like a nostalgia product that probably hasn't held up well. So it's like really fun because there's lots of people who watched it and loved it as kids, but then you can go back and look at it as an adult. It's kind of similar to POD cast in, in a way where uh, if you've never listened to POD cast before, it's a new metal podcast where me and Brian Quinby from street fight radio, we review a classic new metal album uh, every month, which if you don't know what new metal is, it's like corn, limp biscuit, deftones, system of a down, those kinds of bands. And it's the same kind of thing is like, it's people like nostalgia, but it's also f interesting to look back at it from a like future lens, like, okay, I listened to this when I was 13. Now I'm 34. How does it hold up kind of thing? Whereas like, this is not that old. No, it was 2007 was the original air yeah. date, but you know, the, the mid to late aughts are just like such a dead, like black hole of culture for me that I really enjoy looking back on That's it. That's fair. Um, and like this show was very much a product of its time too. Oh. Like it shows all of the 2007, 2000, like this episode, I think aired in mid Oh nine. Is that right, Josh? I think so. Yeah. Uh, February Oh nine. Fe okay. Early Oh nine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It feels like it bad. Everyone's dressed like it. Everyone's got that just, yeah, bad, late-odd style. This is like my first USA show I've really ever given any time yeah. into. So this is like my only context of like shit I've never seen before. So it is fascinating in that way of like, this is what other people were watching. And I guess enjoying if it went on for like seven seasons. Yeah. yeah I mean, you'd be the one thing we found out like in doing our research sort of for the show before we started doing this podcast is that this does have like a pretty dedicated kind of cult following almost. And people that really yeah. loved it when it was on, like some folks I've talked to, like there's really fan fiction it. of it. Yes, there is definitely fan fiction of it. <laughs> That's upsetting. Oh, <laughs> oh it, yeah. It's, oh man, it's weird. Like my impression of sorry, uh, my impression of the USA Network, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, is it's just like it's just like a shit network that like, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, like it's, normal people don't so. watch. USA yeah. Network is these shows and Monday Night Raw, and that's right. like it. <laughs> Okay. That's what I figured. Like, cause, cause when I'm watching the show, like that kind of, I think helped inform me a little bit about why, just why, um, <laughs> I don't have really a finisher to that. Just like why any of this just is why. happening. Um, like suits. So I watch every episode of suits and I think suits was pretty good for like two seasons. And then for seven seasons, it was incredibly bad. And I think that like suits to me was always funny cause it, it seemed like it was pretending to be a good lawyer show. Like it was like everyone in the show was like acting as though they were in a better 
lawyer show than they were in. Like it was like, everyone's like kind of hot, but like not really hot enough where you're like, Oh my, like, like TV. Yeah. Huh? Like it's, yeah, it is totally that kind of like old, it, it's almost like that old stereotype in the nineties of like, you know, if you were a movie star, you didn't want to do TV because once you did TV, you were, you know, your career was over or whatever. Obviously that's completely changed, but yeah, it's a, and it's kind of remarkable how yeah, much Yeah, and I think that that was like the kind of, that, that's the big thing about Suits for me is it's like, yeah, like these are like attractive people, but they're not, they're not hot in the way that they would be if this was like a major network show. And it, this show had a lot of those very similar types of hallmarks, which like, where it's like, yeah, like these people are like, they're not ugly, but like they're not hot like they should be way hotter they're acting like they're way hotter. i want to just take a moment and say bruce campbell is excluded from this conversation for is bruce campbell sam I mean, just... <laughs> yeah that's sam x okay that is bruce campbell yeah i mean um, yeah no i i do love bruce and he is great at like this he didn't really have a whole lot to do in this yeah. episode he was just kind of around he had a few wore an oversized he did, he did shirt chuck... shot a gun Yep, he did the he did the little Chuck Finley thing real quick for a minute, um, and that was about it. So this episode was like a whole pointless ep exercise. So <laughs> uh, I guess it's a good time to start transitioning into it. It was really strange and didn't really have any reason to exist, even within like the context of this season. Um, so this is the penultimate episode for season two. Uh, it's episode fifteen of a sixteen episode season. Too many. Uh, it is called. It's called what? Sins, Sins of, of omission? omission. Yeah. What they didn't omit this episode though. Yeah, the, that's the biggest sin. <laughs> oh, the biggest sin is not omitting this ep this script from the lineup. It's yeah. it's true. It's truly wild. The opening of this too gave both of us, me and Paul, a vibe of like a soap opera, which never has occurred in the show. And the opening was just completely jarring right off the bat. Yeah, I think this is the first okay, time I yeah. really like like expressly like looked like. Oh yeah, this is a daytime soap opera now. Okay, see, and I was going to ask you about that because it very much seemed that way and that was very weird to me even the way it was shot like the oh the, yeah like, i have a lot of notes about strange cuts and edits yes and weird shit they did okay in this one. see and it's impossible for me to know like this is only the only episode i've ever watched but it seemed like i was just like assumed that that was the whole show and then it was like well how could this have gone on for seven right. seasons like this is ridiculous yeah. well that's what's uh, i think the biggest thing and we talk about this on the podcast but this show is so inconsistent like there's generally like some good episodes of television they've made in the almost two full seasons that we've watched so far like there's some stuff at the end of season one that's really good uh some stuff at the beginning of this season that's pretty fun like and there's some like really good guest performances here and there but like this one just I don't know. It really feels like uh, they're they're feeling the suck of a 16 episode season and just got nothing. <laughs> Is it normal that they like? are the episodes kind of self-contained like this one is where like every plot is, is started and resolved in every episode or, the, or are there the like arcs there there for the most part, like, like if you probably noticed at the beginning and the end of the episode, they kind of resolve their a plot. Yeah. So they'll have like at the beginning of the episode, they'll kind of catch you up on what happened to Michael's burn notice and he'll do burn notice related stuff. And then he'll have like his little side quest. This, this is very much like a video game where you get somebody with like a little exclamation point over their head walking up to Michael every week. And he's like on his way to his main quest, but he sees the side quest and he goes, uh, you know what? Let's check out the side quest. He'll pop up the dialogue and you know what? Let's let's just do that really right. quick on the way. It's like me playing Skyrim okay. a lot. Yeah, because that's what it seemed to me like it was very confusing because I noticed like when I when I um, bought this episode last night, <laughs> I noticed that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Remind us yeah, that you yeah, paid yeah. for it. 349 yes, Canadian. And um, I noticed <laughs> that the the 
that it was the second to last episode. And then, it, and then after watching it, it seemed weird to me, I guess maybe again, we're sort of conditioned on new TV that, that, that focuses a lot on like season long arcs, even if the individual episodes can kind of stand on their own, there's almost always like really overarching things happening that are, that are driving the plot forward. And I didn't notice that in this, like this, this is kind of in that house suits, kind of vein where it's like, yeah, you can kind of pick it up at any point and like sort of, you know, enough about what's going on about the characters, you know, enough about them that like the, everything just happens and, and ends in this, in the one episode. Yeah. I think the biggest thing with the show is it can't decide whether it wants to be like a serialized sort of drama or like a, uh, uh, like a more like episode of the Case week of the kind week. of uh, yeah. procedural type thing. You know, and it's got like a big identity crisis, especially in this second season. Um, I've heard from people who have watched this whole series that it does like lean more towards getting serialized and going towards like the main plot as the series progresses. So that's what I'm told we're in for. I guess we'll see. We still got fucking five more seasons. Don't (laughs) remind me, please. (laughs) Oh, wait till we do the book episodes between seasons. I I fucking hate that books exist of this series (laughs) and that we decided that we were going to read them. It was truly, truly the most taxing thing I've done in a long time. Woohoo. It's for the content, baby. Yeah, so what are the books? They're, are they're like based on the TV series? Yeah, it's almost like reading a bad episode. Yeah, but <laughs> okay, yeah, 300 yeah, pages. That was like a... Of just like... I remember track. that being a big thing when I was a kid, where it would be like, it, it, there would be a book of a movie that was not a book first, where it just basically explained the plot of the movie in like poor writing for children. Yeah, yeah like a novelization almost of, yes. the, of the film. So it's not even that. It's their original stories that aren't like... They're not like actual episodes of the show, so they're, they stand alone. But they're weird in timeline. They, they take place in like a time between seasons that doesn't actually exist, sort of, and like nothing gets explained right. It's just... The whole fucking thing's a mess. And it, it make, hurts my brain just thinking about it. Sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they also have... They also spawned some DC comics that we're going to dive into at some Oh, my point. God. So, like, I can't believe DC that. When digital you, oh, I cannot believe that comic books were made. Like, what, what is the crossover between, like, somebody who's going to a comic shop, like, every week and a Burn Notice Yeah, I'm wondering fan. how Burn Notice got, like, so much crossover marketing and, like, so much other stuff. Like, I think they had, like, those, like, ARG video games, like, online and stuff, too, like, when the show was on. Have you guys, like you've obviously done research and stuff and you've done however many episodes of this podcast so far. Like did, did young people watch this? Like to me, it to, it totally yes reeks of a no. show that like, uh, like 50 year old women watched on like a Friday night or something. It does feel like a, like total, like it's, it's definitely dad TV. So Michael Weston yeah. is a, he's a, he's like a wifeless wife guy. Okay. So, and I think that's where like a lot of his energy comes from. Like he wants to be like a, a dad wife guy, but doesn't have the. Oh yeah, well every time this is just classic Michael Weston. He's in the middle of something, but then somebody with with a child gets in trouble, and he has Ooh, to go. It may like, or may not be his. Uh, yep, he had to spring into dad mode. Yeah, that was. A, that and I love was how weird. they did the, the the circular pan as soon as he she said I have a kid. It like did that yes. little, like circle pan all the way around Michael's face. I literally wrote down the camera pan after she said she had a son is absolutely absurd. <laughs> it it's is. outrageous. It is the yeah, stupidest it's completely pan absurd. I've ever seen. Whoever was the DOP on that day, I honest to God, I hope that they're in the ocean because. Yeah, just it was the, the worst thing I've ever some seen. Some of the cinematography and like the the for, uh, in this show is like the worst instincts you could possibly have, and they just decide to just yep throw it up there. We're good. We got it. 
Yeah, like it, like I it should have been a it. quick cut or something. Like it made no sense that it's this like long pan to him looking the <laughs> other way, and then oh, it's yeah. very confusing. Are and you it, guys? Uh, Jeffrey Donovan's face acting or lack thereof in this episode is just remarkable. Like he's just doing nothing. Yeah, he's well, just so face the whole damn episode. That was also I, I wrote very early on in my notes. I wrote, "Jesus Christ, this guy is a block of wood." <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> He's a robot. He really okay. So oh yeah. So he's like that in every sh- in every show. Like as I was going to ask if he about. was a good actor. Like if he does some good acting at some point because he didn't do any of it in this one. People liked him None. in Fargo. I, like he was in Fargo, and people who have watched that show, which I have not watched, said he actually was good, and that they were surprised at his performance in this one. So yeah, you, I. Sorry, go ahead, Paul. Oh no, please. Well, I just like I was going to ask. Um, I feel like this is, this podcast is me asking you guys questions about how. Oh no, this is interesting. This is. It's getting. Di- I I think this is a really interesting dynamic for it. Please continue. Yeah. Well, maybe that's just my like host instinct. Like on both Blocked Party and POD Cast, I'm like the guy that keeps the show moving. I'm working with like you know. Good luck on our show. Guys who need guys who need to be sort of directed a little bit, um, and not in a bad way. That's just Josh both. wouldn't know anything about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're both a little more freewheeling. So maybe that's my, what my instinct comes from. But I'm also just curious, like, because what would make sense to me is like, if this was kind of like a Jason Bourne style thing where where it's like, he's like a robotic kind of like, he's just been raised to be this spy and he and he truly doesn't have emotions. Like, is that explained or or is the, or mm. he's just made that choice himself? I, it, oh, they want to explain it. I think they're trying, but they're just not getting there. Like he definitely has like a lot of like parental issues and he was a spy for a long time. So I'm sure there's like some sort of PTSD element, right? right? Like he's been out there like busting skulls all over the world for 20 years and now he's got burned and uh, he's got no cash, no credit, no job history. Yes, I learned that on the Wikipedia page. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, John, we used to, ha- you know, we used to have Johnny Crash and uh, Steve Credit and uh, Bob Job History. Now, <laughs> yeah. just no cash, no credit, love no that job joke. History. It's always funny. <laughs> <laughs> See? I think I just got a taste of what you were talking about two minutes ago, Paul. About, uh, Josh <laughs> so, definitely yeah, doesn't it, feel the same as me. Us explaining things to you, too. No, not at all. Must not. The, so the we usually ask, too, like that little 30-second intro where it kind of be like, my name is Michael Weston. Like, we always ask, like, how efficient that was and, like, catching you up to making you not confused. But judging by how many questions, doesn't seem like it helped at all. Well, no. So I do have that as a note. I was like, do they explain the plot of the show every episode? Because that is so fucking weird. (laughs) Like that is so weird to me that they're just like, oh, here, by the way, like it's almost like, and I think this is why I think I have it so stuck in my head that it's just this like show that like that older women and men watch like because they just don't give a shit and they want that's all they do when they're not working they're just watching tv like it just it it just had that kind of like vibe where they're like yeah people could start watching this at any time so we have to just describe mm-hmm. like it's normal for a show to be like previously on blank and they give you like it but it wasn't that it was like i'm it's like he's literally explaining the plot of the whole show before the like 28th episode of the show like that was very confusing yes they loved it it's, it's something that um the short-lived uh fox cult hit firefly did as well and it really reminds okay. me of that like it's like fast talking up at the top and we'll get you the whole plot because we assume that you're just tuning in for the first time. it was like i uh, josh what i will say is i will say that it was helpful in that like it helped me realize like who the characters are and that kind of thing okay but 
it, but at the same time, um, it didn't explain like some of the, the things I'm mad about that I've written notes about are like, um, they're more, it's more like show choices. Like, cause it, you can't pick up in one episode. Like I said, like, does Michael have some kind of like brain condition where he, this is why he has to act this way or whatever. <laughs> you know, like, yes. This episode, this show is about how Michael was out on a spy job and just got bashed in the back of the head by an AK. And this is what he's been. I'm truly since. upset that this episode didn't feature him doing an accent. Cause he does a lot of accents. And I think that would have been even more crazy. I would have loved that. Yeah. This is not, this was not an accents episode, which is very disappointing, but they did do a different thing dialogue wise, which is nobody opened their mouth when they talked the entire episode. <laughs> Everybody was just teeth talking. They were just talking with their teeth clenched together and just moving their lips everyone was doing it yeah it was a weird and the other thing i thought was very weird was they did the kind of like name bars underneath the character after they introduced them that's every oh, episode yeah. john that's what that's a that's a thing they do like that's a thing they like to have fun with um but that's not gets a fun <laughs> that wasn't fun because here's what happened uh trisha helfer um who's playing a character named samantha who's this guy's supposed ex-wife knocks on his door and and he's like sam and then Bruce Campbell's like, what? And he's like, not you. And then we see there's like a good looking woman at the door named Sam. Whoa. Yeah. And then she's like, um, I'm Samantha. And they're like, how do you know Michael? I'm his ex fiance. And then it's like underneath her, it goes, Samantha, Michael's ex fiance. It's like, she just said that. Who is that's this a, for? What are we do. doing? They, they do it's this. very that's confusing. Their... It started out as like, I think they started doing it seriously in the first like few episodes. And then by the second season, they're just doing it as a full on bit. They'll just like make little jokes about people with those lower thirds. Now they just throw them up. There's a guy who gets a lower third every, every single time. He's he been appears. on there for like eight episodes. Yeah. Barry, the, there's a, like a money launderer guy that Michael like has to go to sometimes for help when it comes to financial and like digital right. stuff. And uh, he gets a lower third every single time. And he, yeah, he's a okay. Well, that's good. Time. That's a good bit. I like that as a bit, but I didn't like the bit where she literally just said the thing she was and they put it underneath her. I that's guess maybe if I bit. knew that they were trying to be funny with it, then that would be okay. But like in the context of the first like four minutes of the show I had watched before that, I thought that that was like real. Like that was like a real thing that they just do, <laughs> you know? And, and for a show that treats every episode like it's your first time watching, that's, that's what weird. I'm saying. Yeah, very confusing. Yeah. Oh, and quick correction, just to make sh make sure we get that right. Uh, Trisha Helfer is Carla, and Samantha oh. is played by Starship Troopers. Yeah. Is Dina oh, sorry, Meyer. my apologies. No worries. Just got to put some respect on Dina Meyer's okay, name. I will. Uh, Dizzy Flores from Starship Troopers. That's literally the last thing I saw her in. I think the only thing I've seen her since. So yeah, those were the confusing parts of the plot to me. The only thing that didn't like the everything in the show made sense except for this Carla person. I didn't really understand what that was about. And I didn't understand um, the, oh, what was the other one? Well, oh, we, the, um, no, that's maybe all I can think of right now. But the Carla thing, wh who is she? What is her whole thing? She's like uh, Michael's like sort of handler for whoever burned him. So the deal is, and like it's like that's what the whole thirty second thing at the top is explaining. He gets burned, so he's not like an active spy anymore. But they got him in Miami, and some people are sort of pulling his strings. But he's trying to figure out who, and she's like the next level um, of whoever's. She's the princess that's in whatever this castle is. But the the actual burned people are in a different castle. So he's trying to do. So he's doing what she says, but he doesn't know why. Kinda. He's yeah. pieced it together throughout the season. He just wants his damn life back. Yeah. Oh, 
Okay. Just he, wants his life back. Gotcha. So he's trying to get it back, and he's like trying to do like counterintelligence, sort of, and like trying to outsmart her uh, while like acting like he's like doing her bidding. But why couldn't he just ignore her? Because they're kind of in charge of his life at this point, because they could just kind of kill him at any time or just oh, like go I after see. his family. They've like threatened his family multiple times. So he's gotten burned, but then they're still like, hey, we also still want to use you, though. That's yeah, what it seems like. Spy. Yeah, they haven't. They, these are like the things they haven't really revealed, but I guess what they're getting towards is like, yeah, some sort of like organization or entity is like pulling the strings and they, they have use for him somewhere. We're just waiting to find out where. Got it. Okay. Meantime, there's like, you know, he's got a, a rowdy cast of characters and friends that help him along the way. I see. And uh, lots of dads and moms and daughters and sons to help. Okay. And oh, and that's what I was going to ask. Who is the Travis guy? Oh, uh, yeah. Or, uh, uh, or whatever his name is. Victor, Victor, I don't know, the yeah, guy he beats up in the washroom. Oh, yeah. Yes, the, the Mission Impossible Fallout scene. Yeah. Really can't believe Mission Impossible Fallout would steal from the uh, USA Network hit series Burn Notice. It's Crazy. Shocking. Can't believe they do that. Yeah. You know, that's a really highly regarded Sincere uh, scene, Sincere form too. of flattery. They're just tipping their hats <laughs> to a legendary scene in a USA Network show. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that, uh, Victor, a.k.a., uh, we couldn't really afford or didn't want to pay Greg Kinnear, so here's the guy you got. Mm, yeah. So what's his whole thing? Because I couldn't, I couldn't piece together how Michael like knew him or why he was. Because they seem to have this kind of like adversarial, but were begrudgingly on the same side kind of relationship. But I couldn't figure out why. Uh, Victor, I guess I think they tried to explain it in this episode, but I just kind of glossed. I think it's over like the it enemy of my enemy is my friend. So they're like, we're both trying to right. get information out of Carla. Let's you know meet up and work something out. Yeah, he's oh, like Michael. So he's like he, an so ex-spy. Victor a spy also? He's like an ex-spy who's been burned yeah. as well. They're burn bros, basically. Got ends. it, okay. They're okay. the real Bernie bros. Okay. <laughs> the actual Bernie bros. But yeah, nice. he, fucking Victor. What an annoying character that guy is. He sucks. Can't stand him. Yeah, I thought he kind of sucked too, and I didn't really understand how he fit into this whole thing. He's so just really annoying. Sense. Like they're trying to make him like a like a cheeky Michael, like show those parallels, but just failing and, at every and, turn. And with an episode here. featuring another cheeky smart ass, I'm smarter than you villain, it was too much. It was the the, yeah. the level of snark in this episode was off the fucking charts. Another TV guy guest star. That's the guy from uh, the. He's a he's a, a Kurt Sutter guy. He was in like the Shield and Sons of Anarchy. And then this piece of shit. Then this piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. It was right around the same time he was making guest appearances on Sons of Anarchy. What a dip. Sons of Anarchy was markedly way better than this show. Yeah. I have seen Sons of Anarchy. It's good for the, well, mostly good. The Okay, so getting back to the episode, here's here's one thing that really stood out to me that was very funny. Um, so this Sam woman, well, not, not the Sam, not Bruce Campbell, but this Sam woman who shows up and says she's his ex-wife, She's like, so the context, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but the context I'm getting is that Michael is this like elite super spy who's like also kind of in hiding because he doesn't want to get killed. So he's like gone to like pretty big steps to kind of just be off the grid, but he's trying to figure out what's going on. And then Sam uh, finds him and it takes her like no, like two steps. So it's like, this guy's trying to yeah, hide, no, but then she's no like, yeah, well, I just went to your mom's house and then your mom had your address written on a piece of paper <laughs> and then I just found you, so. Yeah, that's, well, it's one of those things you can explain in a way with when you're a spy, sometimes when you hide, it has to be in plain sight. Right, but you can just do a, do a voiceover for it. It's all good. It was very, um, 
yeah, that part to me was like, I'm like, oh, this, I'm supposed to believe this guy's an elite spy, but then this woman just shows up and she's like, yeah, it was just so easy to find you. It's like, it didn't even matter to me. The way like they like, they portray people to like be these like uh, uh, like almost superhero levels and then bring them back down in like one fell swoop is like really incredible in this show. They do this with a lot of their uh, antagonists as well, and they did that in this episode too. Like this is like arguably probably the smartest like toughest bad guy that like hasn't fallen for Michael's shit that they've ever had. But then at one point he just folds like a deck of cards. He just folds. Yeah. He's just like, he, at one point, he's like, oh, I don't believe you. I don't believe anything you guys say. Uh, you're all full of shit, and I'm going to kill you. And then finally, he's like, you know what? Never mind. Uh, it's actually my idea that you have to return this uh, And please chip, do. And he'll call and check on him. He's just like, did you do it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... 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 Uh, they, <laughs> that's like the, the noise that should be made, I guess, on this one. Pretty much. It's like what I made the entire time. Like, that, the moment that they revealed that the bad guy, like, decided to like turn and like be like oh now you got to return it i just wrote come the fuck on man yeah i didn't so yeah i have a few thoughts about the bad guy the first one is like so they set up the first like uh you know in the first act uh we learn that sam has a child um first of all also very funny they fuck up the kid's age i don't know if you guys caught that Yes, um, there it's but Sam Sam says that that Charlie's nine and then that's when they do that absurd pan thing we were talking about earlier. So she's like, yeah, Charlie's nine. And then Michael's like, Whoa, and they do this big pan. And then later on, Michael makes a comment about because uh, Sam is threatening him or whatever. And he's like, I'm pretty sure you don't want to celebrate Charlie's eighth birthday in Nicaragua on a, in a hut on the beach. And I'm like, well, he's nine. So. <laughs> well, he did follow that, that up by so saying, well, I think the way they explained it is he followed up by saying, uh, I can't believe you or she's like, I told you he wasn't yours. And he goes, yeah, but you made me think he was. Yeah. Or you made me think he could be. That's what he said. You made me think he could be. That was his and explanation. Did she really? It didn't really seem no. that way to me. No, she told him, no, the kid isn't yours. Michael just inferred this all on his own that it could see again, big, big, big dad energy from Michael Weston. He just assumed he was this yeah. child's father. As soon like, as my sperm is so like, strong. Nope, I'm this kid's dad now. I must have done. I must have done this. <laughs> it must have been my kid. And then so so they so they have this whole thing in act one where it's like, OK, so she's coming to Michael because her child's been kidnapped and and normally, um, at least I don't, okay, I'm not a dad, full disclosure. I don't have any children, but like, I feel like if my kids got kidnapped, um, I would care more. Um, like she just doesn't even seem remotely upset. Like it just seems like a business thing. Like, well, my, listen, my son's been kidnapped. And so I guess we're going to have to go get him back. Yeah. Just through her teeth. She's like, Oh, Michael, I got to get my son back. But by the way, you're looking pretty hot. What you been up to these days? Literally pickpocket your wallet. Yeah. That's literally what it's like. And then, so then they, you know, they make out this plan where she's going to get the kid back and then he's going to go after the bad guy who had the kid. Michael's going to go after the bad guy. And then the scene where they're getting the kid back has, it is acted so poorly <laughs> that it's like so there bad. is no drama in this scene whatsoever. Like I'm supposed to believe that this woman's been without her child for multiple days. Then they find out the kid has a bomb strapped to him in an arm cast. And oh, there man. is bomb kids, straight up bomb kids. Yeah, there's no drama in this at all. Like I feel zero tension in this scene. Like this should theoretically be like a big moment. Like, whoa, I'm about to get my kid back. Holy shit, he's got a bomb strapped to him. And everyone's like, so you got my kid? Yeah, I got your kid. Are you going to give me the chip? Yeah, I'll give you the chip, but you're going to have to give me my kid. Oh, does he have a bomb strapped to him? Yeah, we strapped a bomb to him. Oh my goodness, that's crazy that you strapped a bomb to our kid. I can't even. 
is unbelievable. With no and payoff not, whatsoever. Yeah, and not only it's, that. It's amazing that you were able to capture the diverse energy of all the different actors in that scene, Thank John you. Bravo. Thank you. And not only that, but the, but this whole scene is scored by like what could best be described as like porno music mixed with the Seinfeld theme. There it is. I was waiting for you Break to bring up the music, music yes. John. It's a, it's a big topic of discussion on this show. It's, uh, for the it reasons, is insane. For like, reasons. again, this should theoretically be a very dramatic scene. And she's like, oh, I, you need to give me my kid back. And it's like, none of the music ever matches the tone. It, it's very, very common. It doesn't make great. sense. And, and the bad guy, like the way he's, he's got the remote out and he's just like, well, your kid has a bomb strapped to him. So I guess you better give me about 10 minutes. And Yeah, it is crazy. Exactly. The kid comes out. You're like, She's like, what's, oh, oh, did something happen to his arm? Oh, you could say that. Uh, <laughs> what, what's that in the, well, it turns out you, you know, you can't strap a bomb to a kid uh, in public, but you can put it under a cast. Bounce, dunch, bounce, she, did, she didn't bounce, even notice the cast, wouldn't stop right? jacking like, off and we had to put a cast on him. It, it was like, she should have been like, oh my God, what did you do to my son? Like, did you hurt my son? But you're right. She just kind of just, no. just listens to the arm cast speech and with no emotion. None. And then she had to have like she's sitting there looking at the bomb cast, and she had to have Sam Axe tell him tell her uh, get away from there. That's not just an arm cast. Yeah. And then, but it, and it's so hard to take because they're all acting very poorly, and the music is going. So it's like I was just so removed uh, from this. Like everything in this whole episode that I was supposed to feel emotion about, I didn't because it was all acted so badly. The, the kind of like weird love triangle between Fiona, Sam, and Michael. I felt nothing for because Fiona is possibly a worse actor than Michael. Very confusing. <laughs> I just, this, but that, that scene in particular really fucking pissed me off. I just couldn't. I'm like, there's, this kid could die here. I, what is, uh, I'm getting worked up. It's pissing me off. Yeah. I, uh, well, you'll, and you'll be really happy to know this about the Fiona character. So the, the character of Fiona Glen Ann, um, that is, an, uh, that is a, an English actress playing an Irish woman who is pretending to be American. Cool. That's the, that is the plot of this story. She's actually Irish. She's like a former IRA. That's why, like, when they were talking about Samantha in St. Petersburg and uh, uh, Fiona in Dublin, like, she used to be IRA, like, bombing stuff and robbing banks and shit. Okay, yeah, so she slips in and out of her accent when it, oh, it's yeah. like Leo. She's making Leo in Blood Diamond look like the best accent performance <laughs> that's ever happened. Oh, yeah, and this that is a, is a reference accents. current to this episode of Burn Notice, and that's why I'm a professional. But it just, <laughs> I, that, that part was just crazy to me too. I'm like, every time she spoke, I felt like she was, had a different voice and it was impossible to feel anything because it seemed like she was focusing more on just saying the words than she was on like acting. <laughs> yeah, the, the accents and the, Jeffrey Donovan the, uh, does this a lot too. He's a very much a Boston guy. And uh, usually, uh, at least once an episode, it'll slip out. He was pretty reserved because he barely said anything without opening his mouth again. Uh, but like when he talks to his mom and stuff, you'll always get like a ma. Right. Ma, I got a friggin' burn notice over here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your mom's a chimney. She's smoking up the joint in there. <laughs> hey, it's crazy. Hey, you got a burn notice, you freaking shout ahead. Yeah, hey, ma. Hey, ma, get off the sofa, ma. Get out of here. Go back home. Which, You're again, fine. you know, we're, we're recording this on Mother's Day, and he's got his mom on a fucking air mattress. Yeah. Come on. That was pretty dick. Do better. Dick move. I didn't got quite Madeline understand Weston. also why, why did his mom have to stay with him? 
something was wrong with her house, right? Wasn't that the deal? I don't uh, know. I, honestly, I thought it was just for her protection. Like he was That's nervous, what I thought. For yeah, nervous that again. one of these guys could kill her or get to her because yeah. they're mad at him. All right. Yeah. They do that. All, there's always like a way for someone to be in danger and then having to go stay with each other just as an excuse for people to share more scenes. One thing that I thought was cool about the mom, though, is like I haven't seen a character in a long time who like is smoking and it's not supposed to be cool or, or at least it doesn't look cool at all. <laughs> like she's not smoking no. to be cool. She's smoking to be like, I have a severe fucking problem and I'm <laughs> oh, smoking yeah. a lot. Yeah, her severe problem is her dipshit sons. So you'll also, uh, uh, Michael has a brother that appears once in a while and uh, he's an even one of the worst characters. <laughs> oh yeah, he's yeah. just yeah insufferable. Just a he's like the he's like the fail Michael. It's really great stuff. That's I don't know how <laughs> like, you could be worse. Yeah, she's always and yeah, Madeline has probably smoked a cigarette while doing more different activities than any actor or character I've ever seen. So I guess we can add being nervous about her son on an air mattress to that long list. I've seen her make margaritas, daiquiris, salads, even. Uh, she had tea with the old ladies. She's had beers and played cards with Fiona. Uh, she has repaired a car while smoking. It was just insane. Like it, you know, like normally in these days, especially when, when they're trying to like limit smoking on TV and stuff, you normally, if they're smoking, you see them like, it's like cool, you know, it's like they're trying to be dope. Like that's why they're lighting up a cigarette. Like it's supposed to be this like power move. And she just has very much like grandma, we t keep trying to, you have to stop smoking or you're going to die. Like that's the energy. Yeah, like she I'm has. taking these cigarettes to the casino energy. <laughs> Except he doesn't I mean, care. Florida, maybe you know, I could see Madeline like at a dog track. They've done, or they've done dog track episodes, haven't they? Didn't they do a dog racing uh, thing in Ooh. one of these? I mean, I don't fucking know. Actually, it seems so plausible, and yet here we are sitting. 15 episodes into season two, and I can't tell you definitively if they have I mean, if, or not. If it involved somebody's son or daughter, for sure it did. But, you know, this is like the eighth kidnapping angle of the oh, season. Oh, I know. Oh, hell yeah. I wrote the, the note, the specific note I wrote was Michael's mother is smoking like she's a Canadian snowbird on holiday in Miami. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, she's just she's a Florida lifer. She's just got oh no out. question, no question. It was it was just baffling cigarette energy. Oh yeah, definitely. I, and she's always got one. I it's like like the way that people consume yogurt in this show is how she smokes ugh. cigarettes. Everybody else are yogurt people. Uh, she's just that's the up joke. Blasting John is that uh, like Michael Weston fucking loves yogurt. Um, yogurt gets brought up on this show constantly. Even in this episode, at, towards Oops. the end, he like smiles there at a yogurt. There are two yogurt appearances in this fucking right, episode. Right, yes. He's, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was wondering what that what was going on there that he was like, oh, you ate my last yogurt or whatever. He even stole a yogurt from the office building that they were infiltrating. That's he right. just literally yeah. like went in and just took Diane from HR's yogurt and was like, nope, fuck this lady. I'm just going to take this. That's somebody's lunch, man. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah it's... Yeah. So on top of being a, a bad actor and uh, robotic and uh, <laughs> a prick, he's also uh, just uh, a thief. Well, I, mean, I was going to say he also lunch. loves yogurt. Like that's a big character trait, and that tells you a lot about this. How interesting this character is. That one of his big things is he loves yogurt. My personality is yogurt. He's trying to make yogurt like the next uh, the next epic meme. Like it went from bacon to pizza, and now it's epic yogurt time. Yeah, I like that. It's like uh, like it's they obviously. Um, 
that's where Brooklyn Nine Nine stole it from with Terry liking yogurt. It's like the same. I think that's a nod same thing. too. See, wow, maybe Burn Notice has more cultural yeah, impact. It's got to be everybody. Thought. Like a lot of we said it too with uh, Mission Impossible. I think a lot of people have been influenced by this show. Is Burn yeah. Notice the point break of uh, of bad USA Network shows? Is it the most influential? Yeah, it must. It must be. It would have to be. I, I can't think of the other thing. I think that really stood out talking about this, like the yogurt being a joke, is like the jokes in this show are so bad. And Ooh. it's funny because like when you read, like I was confused about the show, so I was like reading like the Wikipedia page and like some articles about it, and it seemed like it was like, oh, this show's reviewed positively by critics, which is insane. I don't know who these critics are, um, but then also uh, it was like. Yeah, it was uh, praised positively by critics for its, uh, you know, it's it's very like brisk and and funny uh, tone. And I was like, how is the what is funny? Like all that, like all the things that they think are jokes are not jokes at all, right? Like I, it was the only like thing like, I can think of is like people being charmed by Bruce Campbell good performances because there's like a lot of episodes where he just like, and I know you've seen you're an Entourage guy, right, John? Uh, well, I've have seen yes, I am. <laughs> as, as have I um, but like he's he very much like is the Ari Gold of this show like he just steals scenes and he just start uh, he just takes over episodes kind of okay I don't think they expected him to be as big of a character but he's just he's Bruce Campbell he just can he can never turn it off right so, so yeah I didn't of, get like, that times in this he's just show, very charming this episode not in this episode he had nothing to do like he just they kind of like it was probably the least he's been in an episode in a while Right, Josh? Like, I feel like we didn't barely saw any. Yeah, breaks. like I think I said it earlier too. He really just shows up uh, at the end and kind of saves the day, I guess. But he's just looking like in his big oversized T-shirt and he just silently he shoots a gun, and that was it. Yeah, one of our previous guests said that uh, there's a really good chance that Bruce Campbell has no idea that he was on this TV show. He was just hanging out in Miami, and they turned the cameras on. <laughs> and uh, that's very likely. Okay, yeah, I could see that. Like, it, yeah, he. I, I am rewatching Entourage, and it is funny to like see because I'm on just about on season five of Entourage, which would have been in 2009 as well. So it is That's funny right, to see yeah. the kind of like parallels in like the styling of the characters and like what what would have constituted cool. I mean, obviously Entourage is a little more high class than this show, but you do get some of that same kind of energy with with this show that you get with that. And uh, oh, yeah, definitely. And like the uh, like the drone shots and like the establishing shots of people in bikinis and like hot people everywhere and just like that aesthetic. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of that. A lot of a uh, Dexter related uh, uh, vibes, too. I don't know if it's just the Miami thing, but like a lot of the fandom really wanted Dexter crossovers when this show was. Oh, on. interesting. OK, that's what people were really into was a, a, which I guess uh, makes sense because the police never show up for anything that Michael does unless they're called specifically, because I guess they're just busy with the Bay Harbor butcher at this point. Right. Yeah, because that was also funny. They have like a shootout at an airport and just like nothing. Oh yeah, he's he's yep. shot guns into cars in broad daylight in front of crowds, not even in disguise or anything. Just like clearly, you know, air, airports in in post nine eleven America famous for being just lawless, wild, wild west type yeah, places. Never locked down. Uh, where just anything goes. You know, you can just bust off shots with your homies. You can lock down a hangar. You can do opsec. Uh, you know, you can do all kinds of stuff. It was yeah, all that shit was wild to me. Um, like so, I wrote down some of the jokes from the show because um, <laughs> you want to call them that yeah because this is well yeah what were your standout uh quips and, and cracks yeah because everyone says you know about how how this, this show is funny and it has jokes so here are here are some jokes from this uh so right before it goes into the opening credits 
Um, he, he does the classic, uh, everybody loves a free lunch joke. Oh yeah. That's a good, so one. that's good. And that's original and everybody likes that. And then, Absolutely. um, Michael, uh, we, so Sam comes to the door, Michael's mother clearly does not know who this woman is. And so she says, Michael, how did you not tell me that you had a fiance? And he was like, oh, it was a long time ago. And she says, so was World War II, but we still talk <laughs> yeah. about it. Yes. That's just, that's just parent parental. That doesn't work. even it's make sense. Mom, what, you know? what, what does that mean? I would love for someone to unpack that for me. What does that mean? So was World War II, but we still talk about it. Yeah, but these are just only two. We talk about World War II because tens of millions of people died. That's why we talk about World War II. Well, this is just your one son's ex-fiance. What are we talking about? Well, you know, to Madeline Weston, her son not getting married and giving her some dang grandchildren is the exact same thing as the Holocaust. Yeah, so that, that was a good one. That was a good joke. Um, also, they call... Uh, I don't remember who this was written about, but they said that someone in the show... Or said about, I should say... So they said someone in the show is an enigma wrapped in a schizophrenic. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I wrote that down too. That's a really good one. I think that was Victor talking to Michael. He's like, well, aren't you an yes. enigma wrapped in a schizophrenic? Exactly. It makes no sense. Uh, what the fuck is that? What does that mean? It doesn't mean, it means nothing. It doesn't mean anything. It means, it's, it's, yeah. exact, it's the same thing as the World War II thing. It's just like... like Empty dialogue. I, yeah, like I do stand-up comedy and I've, I've thought about this for a long... Like I do think there is something to like... You can especially in a live medium where you're saying words into a microphone and people can't read the words. There is something about like, if you just say something in a particular cadence, it just sat, it, it, it will register as a joke. Even if it's not a joke, as long as it sort of sounds like a joke and you say it in the proper cadence, it can, it can pass as a joke. And I feel like that's like everything on this show. It's like the writers are just like, I don't know, an enigma wrapped in a schizophrenic. Is that anything? And they're like, yeah, it sounds cool. Those are like two that's cool amazing. sounding yeah, totally. words. Or uh, I love when we, we were talking about the, uh, the amazing uh, circular pan shot around Michael's head, but that little line, they, they kind of do that weed esque thing where he's like, is he, and she's like, no, but he's and like, okay. Like that just happened. Oh my yeah. God. That was totally. Epic. It's a very weird, like, it's just a, it's just a, it's not funny, but it's like, it's because it's a drama show, but then they deliver the line in a certain way. And Michael, yeah, they'll either do some sort of camera pan or Michael will look at the camera, whoever's delivering the line. will just look at the camera and you're like, oh, <laughs> they did a joke, even though this is a serious show. <laughs> oh, I know another, another great job. Another great joke. When, uh, when Michael's mom asked him about, uh, Samantha was like, when were you going to tell me about Samantha? And he looks over and goes, well, let me see. She's a Pisces. Yes. She works in security. And he starts like, <laughs> like, yeah, now's a good time to be a smart ass to your mom who you were hiding yeah. this relationship from. Great job, Mike. On Mother's Day. And no one would ever okay. leave. You wouldn't leave with that anyway, even if you were doing it seriously. Like when I first brought, like when I first was dating Becca, I wasn't like, she's a, well, mom, she's a Pisces. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know how it is, <laughs> those water signs, am I right? Very yeah. strange. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, most stars um, are aligning. So anyway, what were you, what was your co-star today? Anybody? Did they get their horoscope? Oh, I didn't get my horoscope, oh. but I, sh I could look it what? up. I don't know. <laughs> what? Dan? Okay, well, I'm, I've maybe the people that I hang around with talk about it too much, but it's like this very I... popular ast like astrology app. Oh. What if I just go to astrology.com? 
I mean, that's probably it. Might be different, but you know, it's just kind of the way Boys. of the universe. Okay, here we go. Wait, different hor- like horoscopes are different depending on who writes what? them. That doesn't seem. Uh... No, they're all the same. Well, you know, Wait, some what? people look at the stars from different angles. I don't True. know. Oh yeah, that's I guess if you look point. at yeah geography and such. I like to pretend that airplanes in the night sky are like shooting I'm a, stars. Uh, okay, I'm a Scorpio. Here's my here's my horoscope for today from daily or astrology.com. You're absolutely ready for anything today, and you know what? That does. I did technically watch this episode well. of Burn Notice today. Um, <laughs> it was at two in the morning, so t- I you think technically ready. I am. Uh, nothing and no one can overwhelm you right now, so it's a very good time to leap into the center of the action and grab your piece of it. Eat a good breakfast because this day will be full of action and opportunity. Okay, I feel like you got to read the room a bit here. Let's this is read the, most the room. Burn notice horoscope not, you could have possibly COVID updated horoscopes. What? There's no action or oh. opportunity happening for anyone right now. I have seen some people with the Coaster app, and this is another thing with it. Like some some people's on some days have been like, uh, research the rent strikes of Harlem in 1963. Like that was a straight up oh, like wow. horoscope push notification thing on the app. Okay, Damn. so that seems kind of COVID right. related. Yeah, that does seem a little. Well, okay, I got mine up. Uh, oh, this one's actually pretty fun. Uh, and I am a Pisces, so I guess that I get, uh, so working in a partnership suits your personality right now, even if the compromises feel a bit uncomfortable, Josh. There's an imbalance in mature there's an imbalance in maturity level that you have to deal with together, Josh. The best approach is to wait and let them figure it out on their own. Josh, are you like I don't know. This is uh, this is just very funny. Be upfront about your concerns, but don't offer an ultimatum. Their willingness to get with the program is comforting and genuine. If they take a step forward today, it'll end up making your day. So that means you have to laugh at the uh, the Steve Jobs <laughs> Bob credit. Cash I gave the prop. I tell it. Did I not? That's how I. That's how I interpret that horoscope. Is that you have to put up with my maturity in that I'm going to tell that joke again. It's it's a good one. It's a good one. Mine. For, so I'm a Libra. First off, I think that's an air sign. So um, fun, frivolous aspects of life could take up most of the day today, and you'll have a blast unleashing your wit and creativity. I have to say that's. I'm having well, a blast unleashing. And here we are. Uh, I don't know if any of wit or creativity has come from this <laughs> podcast. Hey, listen, Josh. It's important to remember that World War II was a long time ago, but we still do talk about it. So we still yeah, talk about so. it. That's true. It's true. I guess. We, yeah. We're, I mean, maybe we'll shift. Those, those so, are popular. So let's talk about, so let's talk about World War Two, guys. Uh, yeah. Let's let's talk about World War Two. Uh, I'd I'd love to. Uh, let's. So let's that, get yeah, into that Brennan it. was uh, a real Stalin-esque, right? Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> uh, a shocking indictment of communism here on the podcast. Yeah. Wow. Was okay. I did like when they met Brendan in the he they were like they broke into his house or whatever and they're like playing pool in his house and like waiting for him to come home and then he comes home and then they're like oh yeah you know you're gonna need our help and he's like you don't you're not I, you're blah blah I'm not, i don't need your help you're full of shit like we were talking about earlier and then he's like you're gonna need my help you go ahead and call me and then fiona hands him a business card and it's like yes. the worst like microsoft word template business card like and this is not the first time it's oh, yeah. literally just his name oh, yeah. that's on not the first business card sized piece card. of paper Bruce Campbell has like a kind of a bit where he has terrible business cards just like that for his like when he said uh, call me Chuck to oh, yeah. that guy that's his like alter ego Chuck Finley it's like always the alias that he uses when he's like playing spy. Oh, okay got it I didn't get I didn't he's get got that part. terrible cards as well 
Uh, Vistaprint, you know, Vistaprint was in their early in their early days, but you know, they were they were getting it together. They were just learning. Yeah, yeah. He's used that business card before too. And when I saw it, I wrote that down. I was like, "Return of the shittiest business card ever." <laughs> yeah, it looks so <laughs> bad. It's just so it is, funny. It literally looked like they like they cut it with a pair of scissors. Like, yeah, they just cut the like around the corner, the edges. Yeah, you can just imagine in the director scene, being like, "Would someone get me the business cards? Where I asked specifically props. Where are the business cards?" And they didn't have any, and so like some intern was just like frantically like trying to print out and cut out a business card. <laughs> I, w- I would love if they immediately cut like to an inner monologue for the bad guy, Jay Carnes. And it was like American psycho where he started like explaining and like, uh, uh, like going over the business card in detail. It's like, this is made on, uh, on, on eight by 12 cardstock with a slightly raised, uh, bezel. And he's doing like the, <laughs> I must have this card scene. Yeah. I would love that. It. Would be great. That, that would have been way better than what the happened. director. The <laughs> true the director of this episode. Um, we looked at it right before um, you kind of joined this little record. Um, we blow blew our minds because we had a really good laugh. Would you like to know probably like their biggest feature film they've directed? Well, the person who directed this directed a feature film. Yes, yes, that's impressive to me. Uh, sure, I would love to hear it. Uh, it's a it's a little indie comedy called Joe Dirt. <laughs> <laughs> ah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how yep. I reacted. Damn, it's just impossible to imagine with some of the with some of the directing choices that were made in this episode that this person was employed before or after this. You know what's weird is she she's like a veteran TV director with a ton of credits, and she directed a bunch of Suits. Oh, crazy! Okay, she directed Suits. Ep- she's like she's directed a ton of USA Network stuff. Uh, yeah, Joe Dirt most famously, and like a lot. She's got like a, a long credits list. And then most recently, uh, she has uh, directed episodes of Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan for Amazon. Oh, <laughs> cool! So she Wonder went from if that doing has like any the... sweet one-liners. You know what though? I bet Jack Ryan has a sweet business card. Oh, absolutely! Oh, way better well, than the this. CIA. You know, when you're when you're a CIA ghoul, you got it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They just inverted. I like that she went from doing like the cheeky, fun CIA propaganda to just like the straight up CIA propaganda. For Jack Ryan, this is less. Yeah, this is like less pro CIA than Jack Ryan is. Yeah, I'd say so. Remember, because remember, Michael never worked for the CIA, and he always goes out of his way to be like, "Well, I've never been CIA." Those guys are like, yeah, you know. Well, the show also doesn't make being a spy look cool. So it, it actually would behoove the if they were truly anti CIA, they would say that ev- this is all CIA, and then people watching do, would be like, "Fuck, um, I don't want to join the CIA if it's like this." <laughs> they do like do scenes about the tedium of spycraft, like a bunch. It's like one of their another bit that they do is like, "Oh, like ninety percent of being a spy is spent sitting in a car and eating a cheap sandwich or something." Right, like Right, of that. course. It's like yeah, it, it is like the the narrator, the narration over it is this weird like. It's, it's not, it doesn't fit the tone of the show in the sense that like he's supposed to be, or at least I'm guessing he's supposed to be like a kind of a cool guy and a cool spy. But then the things he says are just like things you would have read in like a a hard boiled detective novel, like a dime store detective novel in like 1946, like. I always bring up Elmore Leonard in comparison yes. to this show, um, like the cheesiest kind of pulpiest kind of Elmore Leonard, like someone who read like half an Elmore Leonard book or like saw Get Shorty and was like, I got it now. I totally yeah. got it. Yeah, it's very much that. Like you say, that whole like, oh, people think being a spy is cool, but it's mostly just like eating sandwiches and like sitting around. Yeah. <laughs> if, if this show wasn't set in Miami, if it was, wasn't so hot, everybody would be wearing a leather jacket. That's the energy that every character has in this show. Everyone would be in a leather jacket. Yes. Uh, like of varying lengths, 
They'd have some like like I feel like Sam Axe would be in like a like a longer like knee length kind of leather jacket. Fiona would have like a cool biker jacket. Um, yeah, Fiona would have Michael one of would the have like, of, like half ones almost. Yeah, yeah, with like the yeah the very like feminine kind of situation cut of a leather jacket, and then Sam the fiance would have had more of a drape like one that would have gone down to like her knees, you know, like because she's more yeah, of a thief, definitely. a spy, like a Matrix style. Definitely. And Michael would have one of those like '80s like members only kind of situations. I feel like yeah, that's very much his sunglasses. Like zippers. Yes. Oh, huge. Yeah, he likes to do the David Caruso sunglasses, and he's actually done the David Caruso sunglasses. Yes, looking in into the, the camera. Before. Like he has looked directly into the camera and put his sunglasses on yeah. in this show. Nice. It scared me that that was the first shot of the episode too. Is him looking at it like close up right in the camera. Oh yeah, they were right on his face to start this, and again, not opening his mouth at all. I just couldn't get over it. It was really upsetting me that people were not like, and that's uh, probably why there's so much ADR in this show is because when they're doing it live, no one opens their mouth. Yeah. They have to re-record everything. And that's when I did Spy Markman. Yeah, I got a burn notice. I got yeah. a burn notice against me. Mike, Michael, you have, Michael, my son was kidnapped. You have to save him. That's the son. only way he can do the voice that he's trying to do is like, if he just doesn't really open <laughs> yeah, his mouth, the hide the boss very accent, quietly. It's, <laughs> It's yeah, so it's weird. definitely got that kind of like um it's actually very adorable. My my nephew is just about 3 and my brother-in-law is deaf and my sister is hearing. And so he's like he's getting very fluent in sign language because obviously, you know, my brother-in-law has taught him sign language from the time he was a baby, but like he knows mm-hmm. that his dad can't hear, so when so he can be talking to my sister and then when he starts talking to his dad in sign, he'll immediately just start whispering. Like, it's like he can't wrap his head around talking at full volume and signing yet because he knows that, like, his dad can't hear him. Oh, wow. And so That's it's like, if that, that is, this show is that. It's like Michael's like, listen, I want to do the coolest spy voice, but I can't do it unless I'm kind of whispering. So we might have to do it in the, we might have to do it in post. <laughs> Which is like the opposite of his partner, Sam Axe, who always is enunciating, <laughs> always sounds cool. Like he's always just got that Bruce Campbell voice, yeah. Michael. Yeah, it, yeah, totally. It was a very, like, I have to say the Bruce Campbell character didn't seem to make any sense to me in this episode because I was like, why would this, this guy seems like he would hate Michael in real life. Yeah, that's a weird thing is like they are very different, but I guess the idea is they've worked together like in the past and I think they kind of have like a, they do have some like tension here and there, but Sam just like, oh, he's a good guy, you know, up him out. He's in trouble. They got to help. He's like a just a good friend, good dude. Right. You know, he has to just be there for his homies. Got it. He's just a good guy. Which there there is an episode where he, they help out one of his old like Navy SEAL buddies who shows up a couple of times actually. Got it. Who oh who's banging Michael Weston's mom? Oh, hell yeah! Oh, I forgot. Yeah, about that's that right. Yeah, yeah. One of one of Sam's old army buddies is banging Michael's mom. Sick. Like already in the show, or you just know that that's going to happen? No, no it's like happened. already in the show. Like uh-huh. they've, yeah, it's, cool. it has happened. And speaking of, I have to air one final grievance, uh, and the listeners will know what I'm talking about. Uh, I really thought we were going to get uh, a Fiona and Michael Bone scene in this one. They were right there with it, right at the end, and uh, didn't deliver. He couldn't. I mean, his mom, his mom was staying there. There's no way. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mom was well, at the house. That whole scene was also so funny because his mom is like, so he comes home from the mission, and I want to talk a little bit about the mission. Oh, I've got some notes here. Yeah. Oh, we definitely want to when talk they about get the to mission. that but one the... security place, it's truly, truly wild. Woo boy! Oh yeah, and and so the so he comes home from doing the mission, and his mom is asleep on the couch, in the living room, and then it appears that there's like six different lights on in the house, 
And then he just carries on a full volume conversation with Fiona, like three feet away from his mom. Like you would think that they would like step out onto the balcony and close the door. Like if you're already being enough of a dick that you're making your mom sleep in the living room, you would think that you would be like, oh, we got to make sure we turn all the lights out and like go, we don't want to talk around our mom. And then the next morning when she's like, I couldn't help but eavesdrop on your your conversation with Fiona. It's like, what do you mean? Of course you couldn't help it. They were just, <laughs> they were basically sitting on the bed with you having a conversation. Yeah, Michael just has the nerve to be like, yeah, mom, what the hell? Why are you eavesdropping? Yeah, he was so mad at her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so crazy to me. I was like, well, you, yeah, that's your fault, dude. Yeah. At least turn the lights out, for God's sake. Well, that's, a, that's the thing about the Michael Weston character is like we're supposed to sympathize with him as our hero, but like a lot of what's going on seems to be his fault. Like he yeah. seems to like uh, put himself in a lot of these situations, and like especially because of like his just terrible social ineptitude. Like he just is not good socially with anybody like even the people closest to him that he loves he just cannot relate to anybody he can't converse to anybody like he's just this yeah like you said it like just a brick wall of a guy yeah not good um so yeah so let's talk about the mission so they they had to they had to take the the microchip back into the into the place into wherever she works like, is it the cia it's uh, it's something some sort of defense contract. Right. Yeah, I think okay. it's third party, like some sort of uh, security. Group. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah, some sort of you know we build like some sort of Lockheed Martin esque yeah. okay. type deal. So so they map it all out and they're like, oh, the biggest problem is the handprint sensor. They're that like Sam's like, well, my handprint would have been probably deactivated from the system. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to find a way to get through the handprint thing. And their solution is to is to get the <laughs> the full like legible handprint off of a soda can uh, a diet mountain dew which they which you know this scene's brought to you by diet oh, mountain which, dew hey and congratulations to them for getting a product placement but it is very hilarious to me first of all she picks up the he or he takes the can out of the garbage with bare hands so he's already putting his compromise on the can also and then no one drinks a soda like that. No one wraps <laughs> their full hand around a can of soda and sips it. Like it's, no one does that on earth. It's like you, you kind of grab it with just sort of like your fingertips or maybe you like grab it from the bottom of the can and you tip it up. Like no one is gripping a full can in the middle and getting their entire legible handprint on the can. Yep, like, that's and they just even got a full shit. palm on there too. Yeah, that's exactly how. And like, I love how like it has the perfect amount of finger spacing, as if you were to like put your hand down and you were gonna trace it. That's that's yeah, how you it makes no sense. Yeah. That would never work. And they yeah they uh, they like roll it against like a a comic book and like a piece of laminate, and that just yeah. works. That's the hardest part of their job. They do seemingly extremely easily, like something you could have done in like a YouTube video about like how to like get through one of those cheap fingerprint scanning locks. Yeah, so easy. And then they get through, and then they go to a locker room to change into these like hazmat type scene. suits. Oh, that fucking scene. Oh, my God. It is incredible. It's <laughs> So first of all, they're taking their clothes off, and it just goes into slow motion for some reason. Oh, yeah. And neither of these people are hot enough for this. This isn't like, and this not, they're both better looking than me, but like, it's just not, they're not the level of hotness where I'm like, I need to see them get undressed in slow motion. It just is not... And then they put the hazmat suits on over top of their underwear. Like, I'm pretty sure you would wear clothes underneath those. Like, you don't, yeah, you, you don't, don't have, have to the strip point. all the way down. 
The point was the just so we could see them to, in a bra. Yeah, yeah. We could see the girl in a bra. And she makes it seem point. so scandalous like they didn't obviously fuck a lot of times before in their past, but she's just like, ooh, do we need to go into a separate room? And it's like, all we're going to see is your bra. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. I'm just, I just I was waiting for the voiceover to come up and be like, being a spy means you have to hide your boner in a hazmat suit more often than you think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like uh it would be it would be more like if it was like a detective, it'd be like, Well, you know, people think uh being a spy is about wearing a fancy suit, but uh sometimes you gotta wear something that looks like a giant kitchen garbage bag. Yeah. Michael was uh, looking around for like a binder or a school book to like put over like the front, like, <laughs> to hold it with two hands, do that move, that classic. You're a teacher, John, yeah, I'm sure like, you probably see that. Where did that magazine go from the scene when we got the handprint off the soda can? Where is it? <laughs> Give it back to me. I need to cover this shit up. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's yeah, carrying that little bad. comic book around. <laughs> so and then... Um, you guys can, I have another question that you can speak to, like, are the explosive effects, are the special effects no, always this not. bad? Like there's once in a while, there's like out. a big explosion that rocks. Like they've blown big shit up and it's been cool as hell a couple times. That's why this but was this jarring. One, like this was the worst special yeah, yeah, effects. Ever it was jarring. I wrote it down because it was true. It really was different than any other. Explosion. I just recently watched the, uh, the Jackass movies. I was kind of going through the, going through the Jackass movies, which are still great. Still very funny. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, but there is like the, the big giant shopping cart scene. They oh, do yeah. at the, top, the top of one of them. They're doing like the same, like just like using air cannons to blow fake debris out. It's the same effect. <laughs> That's all yeah. they did. They just like took some like paper mache, like fake debris, like stuffed it in a tube and just blew it out of there real quick. Well, and it seems like the like the frame rate of the camera like couldn't no. keep up yeah. with the explosion, <laughs> so it like kind of looks like it's in slow motion, but it doesn't look like it's in slow motion on purpose. Though those shots and they do that a lot are just incomprehensible. To I me. rewound like that thing scene they fall like back on and... three or three times. And yeah, like they're okay. So the idea is to like sneak an item back into a place like undetected. And so your strategy is to just blow the fucking place up. <laughs> yeah, it always it always ends up like that. What I feel like <laughs> just blow it up. That's the perfect way to not get like attention. fuck it. Dump yeah. it. Just, just just explode the entire place. We could just walk out of here. Well, if you know yeah, the cops was... are never going to come, then why wouldn't you? Yeah, oh, the, the cops only show up when you call them and for reasons that Ugh. you brought them there and they're never going to investigate you. That's what we've learned about the yeah. cops uh, down there. Again, they're all so busy with the Bay Harbor butcher case. They're serial killers on the loose in Miami. You know, they just got to catch them. <laughs> oh, man, that, yeah, that whole... They just, they just wrapped up the ice truck killer case. Everybody's tired, you know? And then they get and then they get out so easily. They're like, yeah, we just get out of here and it's no big deal. We just, we got rid of and our And I love that they're sneaking suits. contraband items like into the trash cans where everyone's just like, they're being watched. Yeah. They're in a line, like a crowd. And they're just like taking the stuff they stole and throwing it in the trash. Well, and apparently the only thing that this, that this like wild thief stole was like a spool of like lead wire. Platinum or, wire or something. Yeah. yeah. She, said, she said eight grand worth of platinum. Yeah. Wire. Okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah she's the, she's the master thief holy though. fuck yeah that part was so bizarre to me that and also too that that's their whole thing is like there's explosions in the building but we're gonna stop everybody in a single file line out the front door and metal detect you before you go outside it's like if there were explosions in the building you would be evacuating the building as quickly as possible there's no way they and then out of nowhere <laughs> while these explosions are happening they just have an impromptu airport security line like, we're not going to let you back outside until we until we wand you down well that's why you gotta that's why you gotta if you're a defense contractor you gotta sign up for pre-check so if you're ever getting evacuated due to explosions you <laughs> yeah, know you exactly. can get through that line skip those lines folks sign up for pre-check 
you got to sign up for uh, for Burn Notice Precheck. Oh, I love that you um, are coming into this as you like your first episode, and I like when our guests do that because this is the, some of the stuff that you went through, like specifically like the can and the um, like scanning thing. I I just tune out. I think at this point because of so many shows that it just kind of I was just like, yeah, whatever. This is what they do. Of course, they're going to scan the hand. But you, you breaking down the complete absurdity of it is very, very welcome. They, thank you. Yeah, we're so used to them doing shit like that. Yeah, it was right. just like, that whatever. Sometimes... Of course they did. <laughs> you know, it's good to be to remind us how insane we are for doing this in the first place. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's, you know, a lot of these like procedural shows, you, you kind of have no choice, right? Like it's the same kind of thing in Suits. It's like, and now Suits had like episode, like they had serial arcs as well. Um, but like a lot of the episodes were pretty self-contained and they would involve like, you know, there'd be a case at the beginning of the episode and then the case would have to be resolved by the end of the episode usually. And then there were, there would be some like character arcs and plot arcs that were kind of, you know, that would take an entire season to resolve that would kind of happen in little chunks throughout the, throughout the episodes. But like it, it, it it would be that it was very similar to house, you know, like that kind of thing of, of like, Oh, like I, Oh, it's been three days of struggling. How the hell am I going to do this? I don't know. And then they just wake up one day and they're like, I got the perfect solution, you know? And it's like, cool. Yeah, they love this. Yeah. Is, uh, so that is something that this show does a lot oh, is yeah. they'll, uh, they'll, they'll stretch out this like B plot, like throughout for like 20, 25 minutes of the episode and then wrap everything up in one scene, just nice and neat. They'll get somebody murdered by proxy or like someone sent out of the country to a CIA black site or something like that and be like, all right, well, we took care of that. What's the next thing? Yeah, exactly. And so it's just like, yeah, it, it sucks. And it, especially in a, in a show like this where this guy's supposed to be some sort of master spy and then you watch him do things that like any one of us could think of uh, as like a way of getting out of these jams. It, it doesn't come across well, so great, but... Um, but yeah, it, it like, I, I get that you kind of have to do it that way, but at the same time, I think it's pretty easy to poke holes in the absurdity of it. Like that you, it would just never work this way. No, not at all. Like there's, uh, there's, there's so many times in this show where the whole series would have been over cause they just would have shot this guy in the fucking head. For sure. Which in this episode is absolutely what would have happened if they broke into that oh, bad guy's oh, house. Yeah. And as soon as they, like they had the meeting and they were like, all right, call us when they hand the business card scene. When they would have walked away, that dude would have just put two in the back of their heads. Oh, for That's sure. It. Shows shows over. Just shoot those guys. Get yeah, that was annoying. And we'll just move on. Oh, and so annoying. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. And then then they have. I, I wrote down the like very similar to the uh, to the child uh, and chip uh, handoff scene earlier in the show. Uh, Michael and Sam, uh, his fiance Sam, ex fiance Sam, have a moment where Michael's like trying to convince her to like give up her life of being a thief and again it has like oh, no yeah, yeah. emotional weight whatsoever just yeah he's coming in just pure drake mode just you don't have to do yeah. this well there's something you could do just don't be a thief <laughs> she's like oh, I just i love it <laughs> i don't know <laughs> it's like oh. i just love to i love to do international thief it's, it's funny how she's like oh i need my son i need to keep my son safe but she's okay with like being yeah. an international oh the thief, son wasn't like, a putting, factor after that putting first people scene, at risk also like funny. constantly Oh yeah, yeah. Then they, they were like, "Yeah, we we sent that little bastard to Chicago. Yeah. Whatever. Fuck out of here." He still got the bomb in his arm too. We don't care. Yeah, she's. They just left the bomb. <laughs> yeah, we never got a resolution to the bomb in his arm. I thought it was yeah, still going to be never... on the arm. <laughs> we never actually saw the bomb go away. So I'm going to assume the bomb is still on his arm. That's actually well, a great assume, point. He, he was blown eating up. yogurt, or he was eating ice cream. I think in the car, like after. And this was another funny scene. They casually have like a a business conversation about how they need to get this like criminal mastermind right in front of the child. Just kid is right in between them. 
Oh yeah, no, this child is not traumatized at all. He's definitely not going to need therapy for the rest yeah, of his life. Yeah, he didn't care being kidnapped, either. having a bomb strapped to him, and uh, having to talk to murderous spies to get out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just normal stuff that an eight-year-old does. Very Just, normal. you know, regu- regular shit. Very normal. <laughs> and then the episode ends with that, like, scene with Victor, which is so stupid also. Oh, yeah. The, the, the They fight in the bathroom. Like, Victor's like, let's be friends. And Michael says, give me answers first, bro. And Victor's like, no answers. We're just going to fight now. So they fight. Michael wins. And then he wheels out the guy in a wheelchair like he's... Like, uh, like Weekend he's at in, Bernie's or something? Yeah, just, yeah, straight up Weekend at Bernie's and just, yeah, we're getting so out of here. So the fight, did did it seem like to awful. you that, like, like multiple shots were making it look like every blow they were trying to get in was, like, to the dick? Yeah, there was a lot of dick shots in this one. Yeah, the fr- I mean, it opened up with a dick shot. It opened yes. up with a knee to the balls. So that was the first, the first, uh, the first... Uh, volley thrown in this in this epic battle. Well, there, yeah, there are a couple things I thought were really funny about this scene. The first one I wrote, I wrote they must have done all their own stunts because no one was ever close to getting hurt in this scene. It was like not a, it, <laughs> oh, it, yeah, like the, it the, reminded me of like kids uh, fake fighting in like a high school play. Like it had like that, like there was no speed to the fighting. Like there's one part where Michael picks up Victor or vice versa, I don't remember, and like runs him into the sink. And it's like, it's like they're just walking, like they're moving in slow motion across the room. (laughs) And then Michael's back hits the sink and he's like, whoa. And you're like, okay, come on. Like that wouldn't have hurt anybody. That was like the most gentle thing I've ever seen. And then I love, (laughs) I am certain that this, uh, uh, this fight was I don't know if the, sorry, this was like no I oof. yeah go ahead no I just don't know if the fight choreography is good normally but that it was very oh, no, the bad. fight choreography sucks almost all the time okay. in this show yeah like, no it's, it's bad just like exclusively you're right on the money and then the other thing I thought was very funny was that like his his weapon that he was able to smuggle into this place was a was like a point and shoot camera from like 1997 with two giant conductors sticking out of it. <laughs> And just like, and that's just like a normal thing that you would apparently bring into an office building. Like the security guard looks directly at this camera. Like my dad had that camera in like, that was our family camera in like 1996. Like it's not, in no world is this the camera that you would be using if you were taking pictures. You'd have no reason to bring a camera into an office building anyway. And it just has these two massive metal things sticking outside of the camera and I guess that he's just like, yeah, whatever, like, cool. You're probably going to go take some pictures in there. Go ahead. Like, and then like, oh man, that part was so crazy too. Photography is his passion, John. It would have to be, I guess. Like even just like, I think it just would have made it so much more believable for me if the guy was like, hey, like, why are you bringing a camera in here? And then Michael answers. And then he's like, oh, what are these two things sticking out of the camera? And Michael's like, oh, that's what I hang the strap off of usually or something like, like just just give me a little, like, give me five seconds to help me suspend my disbelief <laughs> so that I can get around him bringing this thing in because I, otherwise I can't handle it. Where did he also which, get the wheelchair too? Yeah. Where did he get a wheelchair? Who knows? <laughs> that I was like I really like, confused about. I think all wheelchairs should have, or ba- all bathrooms should have wheelchairs. <laughs> you just all wheelchairs should have bathrooms. Yeah. Actually all wheelchairs should have bathrooms in them. That I do agree. <laughs> that's, 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 <laughs> a lot of them do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I, all gamer chairs should also have bathrooms. Can we go for that? No, oh, 100%. Like little pee containers as well. Yep. Podcasters, too. Some podcasts have, can run long. All podcasters should have uh, government-mandated piss jugs. We should all get them. 
something we should all uh, uh, be given. It should be part of universal health care. Uh, eyeglasses, dental, and piss jugs. I couldn't agree with you more. It's beautiful. So that's pretty much wraps our episode. Yep. Um, more yeah. More or less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Michael, it ends with Michael being like conflicted about turning in Victor because he knows Victor is going to get murked. Oh, as right. As he does. Yeah. That little beat. So like he's, he's like conflicted about trading Victor's life for, you know, his own freedom. But you know what? Fuck Victor. Why, why, do it. Victor sucks. Yeah. Victor sucks ass. Just fucking smoke him. Yeah. Fuck Victor, man. <laughs> yeah. Victor can eat shit. I hope he kills Victor, stupid ass. <laughs> Problem is, I know he's not going to because there's five more seasons of this fucking show. Oh, I thought oh, you meant because so, I was like wondering if you looked up, does he have more appearances in the show? I'm sure I'm sure he'll be in the next, next one. one in the finale. Sure. By the way, we are bare, we are heading straight towards the finale, folks. The next one. That's it for season two. Damn. Wow. Sad to miss You're, it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm terribly sorry, John, that you couldn't get to the finale. Uh, I know how excited you were. Uh, well, that brings us to an important question that we like to ask all of our guests after we wrap the episode up. Uh, will you be watching Burgers no. again? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't let him finish. Good for you. <laughs> whatever. I don't even care what you're going to ask. No, the answer is no. <laughs> I'm not doing whatever it is. <laughs> Especially when you consider that I paid $3.49 Canadian to watch this. I don't think I'm going to be for I'm not like... And the thing is, too, it's like you guys, you guys even said off the top, like this episode doesn't really hold a lot of meaning in the grand context of the show. And like, that's totally true. Like, you know, maybe there's a world where I watch this episode and there's some kind of like crazy cliffhanger where I'm like, you know, I didn't love this, but like, it was kind of fun to come on this show, talk about it for an hour and a half. Like, you know what? I'll, I'll just watch the season finale. Cause that could be fun, but there is nothing in here where I'm like, Oh, I got to see that season finale zero. <laughs> and that's the, that's like the biggest thing that baffles me about it, John. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause like, yeah, this is a penultimate episode. Maybe we are just conditioned to prestige TV and like the game of Thrones episode nine syndrome has like seeped into all of us. And like a penultimate episode is supposed to be like a big deal, but like you're selling your season finale here, right? Isn't that supposed to be a big deal? Yeah, that's what I was confused about for sure. It just feels like mid-season bullshit. It just has no meaning and just could have they could have just cut this out entirely and we still would have been just fine. Yeah, I have this like I, I tweeted this about Entourage this week too, but yeah, like I'm so I'm rewatching it. I watched it all like while it was airing because I was a douchebag and um, I, well, well, I still don't, am. don't worry, John. So did I. So did I. Yeah, you know, whatever. I'm like a straight. We all love the boys from Queens. Yeah, I'm a straight white male. Like whatever. I'm a piece of shit. So the um, <laughs> so the, yeah, but it was like rewatching it is really funny because like especially when you watch it like when you're not watching it once a week when it's on, you know, it's like. You're, when you're watching all the episodes in a row, it's very bizarre how they'll have these like major plot points and then they just leave them unresolved for like three episodes. Like they just, it's like they didn't even happen. Like there'll be like an episode where there'll be this like major thing that happens and there's like a big crisis with the director and the script isn't what they want or whatever the fuck it's about. And then the next episode will just be like, Oh, Vince's has to appear on Jimmy Kimmel and Turtle and Drama don't know what yeah. clothes they should buy. <laughs> yeah that's the uh and it's like the, it's the like what the thing entourage. happened the last episode why aren't we talking about that i was really fired up about that and then and then they'll leave it another episode and then it'll be like three episodes later they'll be like oh yeah so like back when they got in a fist fight this is what happened about it and you're like oh my they, god they do that a lot with e and his uh that one what's the girlfriend's name Kristen? right uh, yes yes like they, I feel like they like when every time they break up, they're like, "Oh, did you break up with Kristen again? Ah, I guess you'll be jacking off." <laughs> and then like we'll see her like in three seasons later. Yeah, she's yeah, she's in the first two seasons, but she's like very yeah, it's very like skips around a lot. 
And this it, Sloan is worse. The, the yeah. Sloan arc is worse. Like obviously, spoiler, you know, for a 15 year old TV show, Eric ends up with Sloan, but like there's a, like um, when she first starts dating E, yeah, she'll just disappear for episodes at a time. And then yeah, there's like, like, there's an episode where, where E and Sloan have a threesome with one of Sloan's friends. Great and episode. Yeah, it's really hard to get into because Sloan hasn't been on the show for like three episodes. So like E meets Sloan, then he takes her out on a date. Then we don't really hear from her for like two episodes. Then it's like, oh, E, like you and Sloan are boyfriend, girlfriend now. And he's like, yeah, haha. Then we don't see her again for three episodes. Then she just shows up and and she's just like, yeah, I think you should, you and I should have a threesome with this woman. And you're like, well, I don't even feel invested in your relationship. And now, now we're bringing someone else in. Like, what's going on here? This is very strange. Well, the only person less less invested in in Eric Murphy's relationships than you is Eric Murphy. So uh, <laughs> just you have that. A great and a great point. But this is kind of like this sort of felt. That was a very long way of explaining that. Like this kind of felt like that, where where it just seems like yeah, maybe there are some major plot points, but the show's also totally fine just ignoring those for episodes at a time for like a filler, singular, singularly contained episode. Yeah, and as a parallel to the Sloan Eric thing, they do that with Michael and Fiona a lot. Uh, Michael and Fiona's relationship just gets brought up at convenience, like this episode where it's only a point because they have uh, uh, Lady Samantha come in as the ex-fiance. So it's like, oh, I guess we'll bring up Michael and uh, Fiona stuff this time. Or it's like if they ever want to throw in like a scene where they fuck, they'll just like make like a little thing where they can do where they can like bone, and then the next episode they'll go, oh, we were just getting something out of our system, hee <laughs> hee. Uh, come, <laughs> yes, come is what they're getting out. Yeah, of their that's system. usually what right, happens. Cool. Wow, I can't believe we had you on the podcast. It took us an hour and 20 to get to come. <laughs> well, you know, I never know the vibe, but when I guest on a show, I, you know, I always try and keep it, try and keep it clean and, until, I re, until I know what's going on. So I felt like I got the lay of the <laughs> land. It took me an you hour and 20, but then I'm come. like, yeah, I can say come on here. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we appreciate you being comfortable enough to come on our podcast and come. <laughs> hey, anytime, guys. <laughs> well, so, actually, uh, we'll, you know what? Give me two seasons. Yeah, we'll, we'll let we'll let it decompress a little. Yeah. bit. hopefully it'll get better by that. <laughs> I mean, could it get worse? Yeah, this was one. I mean, yeah, let's let's rate the episode so we can give some uh, some final thoughts on it. Um, we like to go out of ten. Oh fuck, what's our token? Diet on this Mountain Dews. Diet. Mo- I love it. I love it. <laughs> We're gonna rate it out of ten. Diet Mountain Dews. Um, so yeah, I think you've heard a lot of our complete thoughts and how much we all dislike this episode. I definitely am in agreement with uh, my co-host and guest. This shit was not good. Uh, there was almost nothing to like at all. Uh, I usually I'll find something, and our listeners will know that I'll like I'll find a Bruce Campbell scene to like. I'm a I'm a big optimist when it comes to this show. I'll try to find something in every episode. This one just didn't have shit. At least not that I liked intentionally. It was just all like unintentional uh, uh, bad shit. So um, I'm gonna say this is just like. Like a like a can and a half of Mountain Dew. It's like I had a Mountain Dew. I wanted another one. I opened the fridge. I had some of it, but then I was kind of just finished. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I kind of am in agreement with you because I I did laugh a lot at this episode, but for reasons that were unintended to make me laugh. None of the jokes <laughs> landed. It, it just like the the funny parts that made me laugh out loud were the dick shot fight, the just the absolute insane like undressing scene the soap opera stuff, all of that made me laugh like harder probably than I've laughed in any episode of bird notice. So (laughs) that's something. So I guess that is, I I kind of disagree that I do think it does give something to it. So I'll be generous and do two. I'll be two out of 10. I did enjoy the mountain dew. I wanted to. 
All right. All right, John, uh, out of 10 Mountain Dews, I diets. Will, I will course. give this a Mountain Dew Sweet Lightning out of a Mountain Dew Code Red. Oh, Ooh. man. I don't think I've that's had Sweet a, Lightning. That's a better rating than I expect you to give, John. Well, so, well, I'm just on a ranking of Mountain Dew flavors. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's definitely not It's definitely not quite a live wire. I w- it's certainly no gamer fuel. Well, because in Canada, we don't have any of this. We just, we have, we have, well, we have Kickstart. We have the, like, the energy drink ones, and we have okay. Code Red, and we have regular Mountain Dew, and that's it. We don't have any of the, you, like, white out have, Baja, Baja Blast. Do you have Baja Blast? You don't have it. Oh wow! And so this this rating I'm looking at ranks 15 flavors of Mountain Dew, and Sweet Lightning is their lowest. Perfect. So that's <laughs> what I is. was ranking. And to me, like their their number one is Baja Blast, but I don't like the kind of cucumbery thing that Americans seem to like, because um, that's what Baja Blast is, isn't it? It's got like a does it? I, I don't. I'm not a big cucumbery drink guy. That doesn't. I don't really have that it's flavor. It's been a long time I think had it, it really. I think it literally only tastes good with Taco Bell. It's the only time I would ever get it. Like I wouldn't go buy a bottle of Baja Blast if I was like getting a pop. Right. But is it correct that it is like it has that kind of like lime pepino flavor to it or no? I don't. Am I just making that I up? I might just I know be like, like a, a total Philistine and not detect it um, and just have okay. like not a refined enough I, palate. I have no idea. I just like I know that there are I, I have Canadian friends who like love the like um the like lime pepino flavor of Gatorade. Oh, that one to gross. me it's I can't like disgusting. Oh yeah, it's that awful. sounds I can't, awful. I hate that one. <laughs> can't stand it. Yeah, I tried that like one once. Cucumber. Terrible. Ugh. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, not good. But no. anyway, to me, Code Red is the best Mountain Dew. There you go. And, and Sweet Lightning very well could be the worst. It sounds like it's a carbonated peach iced tea or something. Yeah, I wouldn't like that. You can either. only yeah. get it at KFC. I uh, I once <laughs> at drank, KFC. Um, well. I once drank Mountain Dew Gamer Fuel out of my own shoe to get free Halo Three swag. Hmm. It's a, it's well, a I will story. give that one Diet Mountain Dew out of 10 yeah. as well <laughs> as a life event. Well, thank you. Thank you for the generous <laughs> ratings there. Uh, so, well we, well, we got our thoughts. That's going to wrap it up. Uh, let's plug some stuff, one John. One moment, actually. Well, oh, uh-oh. Not so fast. I, I wanted to bring something up because you're, you, you on Block Party, you're familiar with Cameo. Yes. Oh, yeah. We do have to bring this up. You're right. And uh, w- I want you to guess, who do you think out of the cast of Burn Notice is the only one available on Cameo? The only one. Yes. There's one cast member on Cameo, yes. And and they were in this episode? Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Well, you wouldn't ask me if it was the main guy. So um, I will guess that it is the guy who played the villain. It's not. Ooh. It's a um, more regular character, uh, Fiona, Gabriel, and I was going to say Fiona, and then I changed my mind because <laughs> I remember you guys saying, like, oh, he's a villain on a bunch of shows. So then I was like, oh, he could probably be on Cameo because people like, because that is one thing you'll see on Cameo. Like a lot of people do like to get cameos from villains to be like, hey, my my friend is real pissant. And, uh, you know, maybe you could be like a kind of, you know, do your thing and like say he's a, he sucks shit or whatever. So that's so (laughs) I, that kind of got in my head, but I did figure that my original guess was going to be Fiona because she sucks. Who would want a cameo from her? Another th- th- uh, uh, relation to Ladies on Fiona, uh, John, you and uh, Josh have both uh, uh, patronized the same uh, services of a, of a cameo star. Oh. Uh, Dakota Charms. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't like to talk about that outside of the confines of my own podcast. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I what I will say is um, if you're not familiar, uh, did you guys talk about it on this show? 
Uh, we've uh, well, so Josh uh, has a JOI cameo for his Twitch stream from Dakota. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, so, um, so if, for those of you who aren't familiar, Dakota Charms is a pretty low rate uh, porn star, um, and her kind of her main thing is like she does like humiliation porn, um, and and that kind of thing. And her cameos are all JOIs, uh, jack off instruction cameos. And, and her promise is that they will never be under three minutes Yes, uh, for $15. So like- It was a deal. To, to me, she's it's like- great value. Unbelievable, like possibly the best value on cameo. And uh, yeah, so we we got her to do a JOI for one of our favorite fast food reviewers. And she delivered, it was, it was truly wild. Oh yeah, she absolutely delivered for Josh. She said oh, yeah. she said his Twitch name wrong like four times, yeah. but then spelled it correctly. Hell yeah, it's, it was it's so yeah, good. There's, I've made it a sound alert because it's she seriously spells out my like Twitch name and then says it wrong immediately after. Nice. That's like when um, when when Riff Raff reads out someone's SoundCloud link like every letter. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so he's like, go to <laughs> SoundCloud.com/slash DJ Quick equal sign question mark. Uh, e M B E D <laughs> equal sign nine six three two four 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 C D J Q F and he, it's like forty five seconds long and he's just reads out so the good. link it's incredible another great uh, uh, cameo mispronouncer is Tito Ortiz MMA legend oh, Tito Ortiz he's, he's the so top good. of mispronounce he'll mispronounce and he he probably would mispronounce Tito if your name was Tito and you're like hey can you give me a shout out. <laughs> Uh, this one's for Tito. Yeah. Hey, Tito. Uh, <laughs> Tito? That's a crazy. That's that's actually kind of funny because tits are funny. That's, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, Tito. Tito. What are you? Yeah, I got you made fun of for there. You know what's weird is my name spelled just like that too, but they don't say it that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's so funny. So, John, if uh, we Tito's, were uh, to contract Gabriel Anwar, what do you think we should like? What should we like? Like, I've been thinking about it. I'm not sure. Mm, so, at um. So what I would do, I think, just ba this is only based off of one episode, right? But tell tell her we kind of use this strategy with with um, Backpack Kid, uh, who is like the guy who invented the floss dance, or the kid who like kind of or not invented but popularized the floss dance, and his whole thing was that he wouldn't do he wouldn't do floss dances on Cameo. That's like his whole thing. He's like, don't ask me to floss, I won't do it. And so and he's like a 16 year old kid, and he seems like a, right. just a complete rat. And so we came <laughs> yeah. up with the idea of telling him that we were grounded. And the only way that we could get ungrounded is if he did the floss and said that Dave, my father, was the best dancer on earth. My dad's name is not Dave. <laughs> but he actually did it. it now, that, granted, the cameo was four seconds long, but he did, he did do the floss. So my oh, strategy wow. with her would be to, like, to, be, to convince her that you're in some sort of precarious situation and you need Fiona to get you out of it. I don't know what that situation is, but it needs to be something like my wife's really mad at me, but she was like a huge fan yep. of burn notice. And like, do you think that you could do some kind of like thing where you, you tell me that like, I've got to escape my wife. Haha. -ha. Um, and, and like, can I, can you get out of it? And I need it to be done in the Fiona voice. Cause she's a huge fan of burn notice. And like, maybe this will get me out of the doghouse. Can you give me some advice on how to escape from the doghouse? I love that. That is yeah, really that's, good. That's great. Yeah. That's, that's great. That's what I would do. We, well, we've got a lot of experience with asking people. Yeah. For stupid yeah that's why we asked. I wanted to, yeah, we bring, we bring expert <laughs> consultants in and that's, you know, 
you, you got to defer to the people with uh, more knowledge on the subject. <laughs> How much is she? She's a hundred dollars. Oh no! <laughs> come on. <laughs> I'm just stupid what enough you have, with my money. We should have asked I'm you to guess, gonna... but what would you have guessed that? How her, many cameos uh, has she done though? Has she, like, do people pay that? She's pretty new, and I think a lot of like. I saw her ratings and I think she was only rated by a few people. So I feel like she's pretty new on there. Cause earlier I remember looking like when we started this name? podcast, I'm going to look it up. Gabriel, Gabriel Anwar. Do you, okay. Anwar, A N W A R. Yep. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Let me see. Cause I got, we have our like cameo tool that uh, one of our listeners. Oh yeah, made that's for right. Us. You guys have like all the special cameos. So I can around. see how many cameos she's done. Cause I feel like at a hundred bucks, like that's way too high for her. But I again, so maybe too. the show is more popular yeah. than I think. So she's done three. Oh dudes. She is up to two fifty. What? Whoa. Somebody, you know, somebody must've asked her for a weird one or something. Yeah. So she's done. Uh, so she's done. God. Four cameos at a hundred dollars, and then I guess she just raised it to two fifty. And she is brand new. She just got it on May eighth, and she's already. Does done she that. like wow. think she's Caroline Calloway? What's going on there? Oh, dude, this is this is crazy. Oh, well, oh damn, man. that might be out of my. Oh, oh, what a weird one she wrote. The the so we can see the instructions too. That's the the tool that, uh, oh, that wow. our friend Drastic Actions has bought has has done for us. So the instructions were, it's my ex-husband Corey's birthday and he loves burn notice. We even named our cat Fiona after your character. Please wish him a happy birthday. Spectacular. Oh, my wow. ex-husband <gasps> that I share a cat with. What's going on here? <laughs> that is true. There's, there's something I could ask. Uh, uh, Gabrielle, my uh, my wife's boyfriend's a huge fan of burn notice. And she, <laughs> he loves your character. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> This is also, okay, the other one, she, one of the other ones she's done is, my daughter is a big fan. Her birthday was May 6th, and this cameo request was on May 8th. So, can't love the daughter too much. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> and it says, she turned 15. So, like, she was, like, what, three when Burn Notice started? <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, what, what? are you, what, what's like, a 15-year-old watching she Burn Notice fan? It makes not make any sense. Yeah, like the only people that have seen this show are like old people, us, and Felix Biederman. Right. I, I think that's like the, uh, the whole list. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, so she's done. She's only done three cameos. Uh, they're 22, 34, and 38 seconds long. So you're, you're going to get about 30 seconds for your 250. Oh, so. God, that is so not worth it. Damn, that is, yeah. wow. I mean, just wait, though, mate. Like, Because sometimes what happens is like you can tell, yeah, people will, the celebs will either do a couple and then they're like, oh, I'm getting so many requests, I should be charging more. Or, especially if they're women, they start to get really weird requests. So then they're like, okay, I have to charge more so that people don't just keep asking me to like show my boobs or whatever. But like, she, it, right. it looks like she hasn't gotten right. any of or, that. Uh, yeah, or just... record us, record anti-circumcision PSAs and stuff like that. <laughs> well, and hey, listen, Polly has only raised his rate since then. So <laughs> you tell me what happened. But uh, but yeah, I think like she, it seems to me like she joined on May 8th and then she's just done. She got like three on the first day and then was like, okay, well, I should be charging more for this. So so just yeah, wait, I like, bet yeah. she comes down. And Cameo's also started doing a lot of sales. So like, I don't know if you get their Cameo like weekly sales. email blasts or whatever, but Oh, I do. Yeah, they've really like in the last like couple months, they've really gotten on the like, oh, these people are fifty dollars only today, or like ten or twenty percent off for Mother's Day or whatever. So, I you know keep an eye out. I I, I bet she's someone whose price will go down. 
Yeah, probably. I'd also like to get a cameo from someone who appeared in one episode of Burn Notice, but make the cameo centered around that one. <laughs> yes. yes. Be, like the one and character like they really play, Like Burn Notice is my favorite show and you were my favorite oh, yeah. character. I mean, unironically, if Lucy Lawless was on cameo, I'd do. Oh that, yeah, hundred percent. Because she on our, she actually did kick ass on the show. She was oh, great. Sweet. Well, Lucy Lawless kicks ass, so that makes sense. Yeah, and she even got like uh, she even got a lot out of Jeffrey Donovan and like the scenes they had together. Like even he stepped his Hell game yeah. up. I respect it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I guess that's gonna pretty much wrap it up. John, would you like to uh, plug some things, please? Sure. Yeah, we've we've already talked about them a little bit, but I I do have a podcast called Blocked Party uh, with Stefan Heck. Uh, we are, we're deep. We're like, epis. we just recorded episode 77 today. It's a podcast where we bring on someone to talk about a time they were blocked on social media. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. We, we have a real blast with it. You can uh, get that wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow it on Twitter at blocked party pod. Uh, I also have a new metal podcast I was talking about earlier called the POD cast and that's cast spelt with a K like the band corn. Uh, and that's with Brian Quinby from street fight radio. It's a ton of fun as well. We just once a month review a classic new metal album. Uh, and you can find that on Twitter at the POD underscore cast. And again, cast is with a K and you can just follow me on Twitter straight up at Cullen, the comic. Awesome. And I can vouch for both of those podcasts. Uh, this has been a real treat Same. for me, John, cause I've, I've been listening to both of them since uh, day one, since the first episode. Wow. Well, that's really kind, Paul. I really appreciate that. Thank you. And thanks for reaching out and having me on the show. Uh, I will come back anytime as long as I get a two season break in between. <laughs> we, will, we will be happy to give you the, uh, the time to heal uh, physically, mentally, and spiritually that you, that you need uh, so desperately. Thank you. And I, <laughs> I appreciate it. That, oh, this guys. has been great. Uh, you can find me uh, at thick TTV on Twitter or twitch.tv slash thick uh, Whenever I stop getting diarrhea and start streaming again, just wait for that. Turn your notifications on. Uh, yeah. Josh, where can they find you? Where can they find us? They can find the pod at burn notice pod at Twitter, as well as emailing anything you'd like to burn after noticing at gmail.com. Uh, you can rate us and review us on iTunes or Apple podcast, whatever the hell they call it. Not an Apple person, but you can find me at Twitter and Twitch at shake and bakey, or as Dakota charms has put it, shake and bacon, <laughs> shaky, bacon. shaky bacon, um, many different variations of that as well. But uh, I will mimic uh, Paul's sentiments. Uh, Block Party is one of my favorites. Very, very funny. So if, you have, if you're listening to this and you have not listened to that, please do so. John, thank you so much for being <laughs> subjected to our tormenting uh, USA Network show yeah, podcast. Yeah, um, oh, it was, uh, a, it you know, was a blast, maybe, guys. Thanks for I, I hope I've taught you to be more careful to who you reply to on Twitter. <laughs> you haven't. You haven't. I'm a sucker. I'll do anything. <laughs> I don't give a shit. No, this is this was great, guys. I, I it was a truly bad show, but it was uh, it was a blast to talk about it, and uh, and yeah, you guys are both great, and I appreciate you being fans of of my other work, and and uh, I appreciate you having me on the show. Absolutely, thank you so much, John. Thank you all so much for listening. We will be back next week with the season finale, season two. And then we have to finale. read another we're book, and then we have to read it. We're gonna we're gonna have we're gonna we're gonna put that off a little bit. We have some special stuff coming up that we'll announce uh, later. But uh, please stick with us. Uh, you know, download, rate, review, do all that stuff. But most importantly, the most important thing you have to do or not do. What is it, Josh? It, don't get burned. Don't get burned. Later, everyone. This was a Buzzcast Network production. Wow.